All right, so we're here at the ASOS Nordstrom store in the Grove in LA, and I'm just walking around and talking to some employees, trying to get feedback about the store. So I've got here, it's uh, it's Ashley, right? Yes. So tell me how this job is different from the other experiences you've had at Nordstrom over the last previous years. This job is extremely different. This job is different from any Nordstrom store anywhere. We're in the, the home of the influencer, and influencers love shopping here. They're always posting new looks. They're going out. They have events. And they really need something new and fun and fresh for what they're posting on Instagram, what they're wearing that day. And the product is so tangible their sequins and feathers and just every kind of texture and the response has just been insane that's great so what have you learned here in the first couple months oh gosh i've just learned that i'm not as cool as i thought i was <laughs> and that so our customers what? are so why do you so say cool. that <laughs> just these customers are so cool we're right in the heart of los angeles the women are shopping in the men's section men shopping in the women's section you know we have men trying on gowns for a night out and they're like i've never worn a dress before i'm like perfect let's try it i'll help you find your size Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Nordy Pod. I'm Pete Nordstrom, president of Nordstrom and your host for this podcast. Join me as I take you on an honest, authentic journey through our company and introduce you to many of the fascinating people in my life, one episode at a time. In this episode, we're going to break the mold again and spend the entire show highlighting a super exciting new Nordstrom store at The Grove in L.A. We've partnered with a really successful brand based in the U.K. called ASOS. And what's novel about this is ASOS has never actually been in a physical store before. They've been a digital-only retailer. And we are just now carrying that product for the first time. So it's super exciting for us. ASOS has a singular focus on attracting customers in their 20s. And we've joined forces to leverage each of our strengths to create something entirely new. Join me as I talk with a variety of folks that each played a large part in bringing this store to life, starting with the Director of Wholesale and Partnerships at ASOS, Joe Christopher. It's a moment in history for us, right? For ASOS, we've never had a physical presence anywhere in the world. So it was a really unique moment for me. It made me feel very proud. Then you'll hear from our Senior Director of Strategic Brand Partnerships, Jennifer Gross. It almost brought me to tears that morning because you get to come in and really experience everything that you've worked on. After that, you'll hear about the mad dash to get the store ready from our visual merchandising planning director, Hannah Pack. The minute we kind of heard that this was a possibility, I knew I wanted in on the ground floor. This is going to be really freaking cool. You'll also hear about a few unique services that we feature at the store starting with Ben Phillips, who is the founder of a really cool tailoring and customization service called Lot, Stock, and Barrel. You come in and you're like, I want like something crazy with flowers and flames all over it. We'll like not only embroider it, customize it, but also tailor it to like your fit. And then Jason Mark of the famous shoe cleaning service by the same name. We had this customer drop off a pair of shoes that were absolutely like just covered in blood. (laughs) (laughs) So settle in for a behind-the-scenes look at this all-new concept, a -a one-of-a-kind store, ASOS and Nordstrom at the Grove. (laughs) 
So this morning, it's fun for me to be able to connect with Joe Christopher at ASOS. And I think the reason we're doing this first thing in the morning, Joe, is because of the time <laughs> change difference, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. That happens. We, you know, we work with ASOS. They're, they're there in London and uh, it makes for early calls around here in Seattle. But that's all, it's all good. Anyway, so <laughs> Joe Christopher is a director of wholesale and partnerships at ASOS. And, um, you know, we've been working together for a while now. Gosh, it's been probably over a year trying to figure out how we could forge a partnership uh, ASOS is a leader in Europe and particularly uh, with a 20-something customer, a, a purely online business. So, Joe, I want you to talk a little bit about what you do there specifically in ASOS and kind of how that brought you to working with Nordstrom. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I've been with ASOS over 14 years. So, I um, I work with Nordstrom. I work with some of the partners in Europe and the rest of the world to build strategic partnerships on behalf of ASOS to kind of help us reach more customers as you know like our mission um at asos is to be that number one fashion destination for 20 something customers so we're looking at ways that we can kind of work with really great partners that enable us to reach those 20 somethings outside of the asos platform if that makes sense and nordstrom for that reason is a great partner for us we're really really keen to kind of build our brand awareness in the us so um it's a really really great partnership for us to be able to kind of leverage and the reach that Nordstrom have. So how do you keep connected? You know, I'm always super fascinated how brands have a very distinct and specific point of view. How do you kind of keep it reinventing yourself and like your perspective on all this so that you can help keep this brand where it needs to be? I think it really helps that we are largely a 20 something workforce. Like if you, I mean, you've been Pete, right? Yeah, it's it's really (laughs) obvious when you're there visiting you guys, just the the energy and the youthfulness generally what's all around. It's, I mean, it's literally like the people that work there are also your customers too. Totally. And we use that insight and we use, and they keep us right. They know a huge amount about what a 20-something lifestyle is and what those 20-something moments are and what's meaningful for them. So it's really great that we can kind of leverage 20-somethings every day that kind of keeps the energy and keeps that relevance. And I think that's what helps us at ASOS, the fact that we kind of have all of that knowledge and that expertise from all of our 20-something ASOSs. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the opportunity that we shared in coming together to actually yeah. launch a physical presence with ASOS and do something in Nordstrom in a way that goes beyond the digital experience. And so we opened the store. What was that experience like for you and your team at ASOS to bring this all to life in a physical store? It's a moment in history for us, right? For ASOS, we've never had a physical presence anywhere in the world. So to kind of be able to showcase our ASOS design, which is our jewel and our crown, and I guess it's testament to how much we value the partnership that we did that with you guys. And it was to see the physical product in store with conviction is it was a really unique moment for me it made me feel very very proud it was also kind of really nice to see the customer yeah i mean we don't actually see like we we do lots of customer research but to see a customer shopping asus design in a physical environment was like super exciting super interesting really like unique moment for us yeah you know what's interesting from my point of view is one of the great benefits of working on something like this is it forces you to have to be vulnerable and to be curious. And I, mm-hmm. it's something that we're trying to instill more here all the time, that there's a lot to be learned out there. 
We should be listening. We should be observing. We should be leveraging the learnings and the knowledge and experience that you guys have to help make us yeah. better. And so I, I just want to tell you, I appreciate that, that you guys have had a real openness to share information. Definitely. We're a little bit of a beginning of a journey here, but there's a lot to be learned. Yeah. And it's it's really fun and energizing to work on a project like this that is yeah, really definitely. grounded in being focused on a specific customer and you know as long as we keep doing that if we keep the customer front and center i think there's a ton of upside for us both yeah hey joe you're really nice to do this thank you so much i'm really flattered that you asked me really enjoyed it thank you Right, so Joe's just given us the ASOS perspective. Now let's hear from Jennifer Gross, the Senior Director of Strategic Brand Partnerships here at Nordstrom. Jennifer spent countless hours on Zoom calls with Joe and the rest of the ASOS team to lay the groundwork that made this whole thing possible. I'm happy to now try to get caught up with Jennifer Gross, whose responsibility, amongst other things, matter of fact, did your job just change or who you report to just change? What exactly changed there? A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. So tell us your job. To. So it's Senior Director of Strategic Brand Partnerships. Yeah. So what's an, unusual about this is you know, we run these big department stores and we have these brands and they live within the confines of a department or something. How big is the actual physical space of the store at the Grove? It's 20,000 square feet. The so to, yeah, to put that in context... Uh, the Grove, our full-line store there is more like 120,000 square feet, which is about as small as we get. Our stores are between oh, maybe 110 up to like 300, 350,000 square feet. So to do something in 20,000 square feet, we're, we've got to do something very specific. And again, your role here is you've had to be one of those people behind the scenes to plan and prepare and help execute this. So I wonder what it felt like to you opening the store after all the work you put into to even bring us to that moment. It feels pretty magical, I can say. You know, you put everything on paper and we went into a room and spent some time really thinking about who's the 20-something customer, what are the most important key things for that customer. Those are the things we've got to nail. And so to talk about that, to plan that, to work on that for months and months on end, and then walk in and see it all come to life is definitely a pretty special thing. Yeah. And what's different is, like I said, they've never shown up in this way in this country. It's a little bit of a leap of faith. So there's no blueprint on their end for how to even do this and show up in a physical store. So talk a little bit about what it's been like to work with their team to bring it all to life in an actual store. Yeah. I think we've asked them to have a lot of trust in us. So we've worked with them really closely about what is the core of the brand? What are the most important things for the 20-something customer? Because they're definitely experts at 20-something customers. And then on our side, we've taken that and said, what would the physical manifestation of that be? And then worked with them really closely to make sure that it checks along the way in every element. So from a merchandising standpoint, a product standpoint, the physical environment, Um, the events that we've had for customers and how we're reaching out to those customers. So the store is different, as we talked about before, in terms of who it serves, the the focus of it, everything. But even beyond that, 
there are different things in there that you wouldn't see other places. Can you talk a little bit about the experiences and the vibe that you try to create in that store and how you work with visual and store planning to do that? So for specifically our ASOS Nordstrom store at The Grove, it all goes back to how do we service the 20-something customer and really what resonates with them. And so when we looked at something like services, we heard loud and clear that that customer really wanted something that's unique and differentiated. And so we really have spent time partnering with outside sources. So lot, stock, and barrel in that store, specifically in Jason Mark. And uh, from a shoe you cleaning perspective. You might have to tell people what those guys do. Yeah, yeah. Not so, necessarily household names. Yeah, but, but so on Jason the way. Mark is a, a famous shoe cleaning company out of Los Angeles, and now he's worldwide. And then Lot, Stock, and Barrel is a customization company. So when you say customization, why don't you explain what that means? Customization as far as if I had a picture of my grandmother and I wanted it on a denim jacket, they could remake <laughs> that and do that for Did, me. Does anyone ever done that? I, I want a picture of my I grandmother I certainly my don't have that, but I know there are people who have okay. their dogs and all so kinds of stuff. So it's kind of like stuff. getting a tattoo, but on clothes. Yeah, pretty there much, okay. pretty much. Yeah, they did a jean jacket for my 11-year-old daughter, which yeah. she thinks is pretty cool. I said, yeah. there's not another, another one of these in the world. <laughs> she liked that. So let's talk a little bit about that opening day. And I was there and you know, we've opened a lot of stores over the years yeah. and you've opened yeah, some yeah. and it's always really fun but that one it, there was some, there was stuff about it that was exciting to me because it was different yeah. right so I'm just curious from your point of view what that opening was like maybe you could talk also a little bit there was kind of a mad scramble just to even get the place ready to be opened as I heard it yeah definitely there it all was. looked fine by the time I got there but I guess, I guess it I think it, it definitely came down to the last 24 hours there's no doubt I I think our visual team worked, I don't know, 27 hours straight to take us over the finish line. So kudos to them. But it's pretty special. I think as a store manager opening a store, you're so living in the moment of execution that you don't really get to stand back and see it for what it is. And so that store opening is so special because you get to come in and really experience everything that you've worked on, which is pretty overwhelming. I mean... It almost brought me to tears that morning <laughs> yeah, to really have, see it come to fruition. It is emotional because you have this staff of people who have been working and yeah. you're talking about this shared mission that we're on. And then, yeah. you know, it's like giving birth. Here we are. And then here's our beautiful baby. And I mean, I, I think the reason it is for emotional people is because they're personally bought in. And I Definitely. really got that sense that people there, were, they were into it. It's pretty amazing to see it actually come to life. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. So you heard Jennifer talk about the long hours and hard work that our visual merchandising team put in to get this store up and running for opening day. Now I'm going to chat with Hannah Pack, our visual merchandising and planning director, to hear exactly what that work looked like. All right, so we are fortunate to be talking with Hannah Pack. And Hannah's, Hannah, how long have you been with us now? For a total of 27 years. And uh, Hannah's kind of a problem solver around here, someone that's got a lot of creative ideas. And when we can give you a blank canvas to do stuff, it feels like that's an energizing experience for you. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, if, we, if we're talking about this through the opportunity that just presented itself with opening that ASOS store, like, what was that like for you as a creative to be able to go in there and do something that's kind of a one-off? It was super exciting. The minute we kind of heard that this was a possibility, 
I knew I wanted in on the ground floor, right? Like I wanted to be a part of this. I didn't know what it meant quite yet. How far would we be involved? And as things started rolling, it was like, okay, this is going to be really freaking cool. So from the time that was decided, working backwards from when we wanted to open, how much time was that? So in total, um, we had about three and a half months. And we closed for that entire time or we closed for part of that time? We actually only closed the week of opening. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. So we were operating a business while we were trying to make it something new and different. Yeah, exactly. And we gave you a week to figure that out or execute that, I should say. Execute, yeah. Nothing could get done really beforehand. And in that week, everything happened. And it was on. So you were you were there. Yeah. Kind of every day. Yes. <laughs> that was a time crunch. Yeah. Tell me what those last 24 hours, 48 hours were like before we opened. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, we were still dealing with a lot of product coming in. We were still dealing with painters and electricians and like all of these bits and pieces where every time you turned around, there was like a ladder in your face. (laughs) But we were all luckily in good spirits and had such a great attitude, which made it fun, um, I would say. And I think because we were trying and doing things that were different, it allowed for us to have fun with what we were doing. So tell me about the condition of the just that physical space and what you were trying to transform it into. So when we knew we needed to change the store and activate it for the 20 something customer, like what was that? What did that mean? We needed um, it to be bright. We needed to be fun. It needed to be, it needed to really come alive. Like the way I look at that store, it's like it has a heartbeat, right? And what are we going to do to keep feeding that heartbeat? So how is that different? You know, right across what, a couple hundred yards away, we have a Nordstrom store there at the Grove. And here we're doing this thing, Nordstrom plus Asa. So How are you balancing those things in your mind? Because when we build a Nordstrom store, we want it to be engaging for all kinds of people, right? Mm -hmm. But it isn't very specific. It's not like 20-something or nothing. So how did you take those two ideas and make them complementary rather than competing? Well, I'll be honest with you. I told everybody I did not want this to look like a Nordstrom store. (laughs) I I won't take that personally. How's that? (laughs) And I didn't mean that in a bad way. I meant that in like, this is an opportunity for us to show up in a space that we're not known for and to be different and saying this can't look like a Nordstrom store, meaning how we merchandise. I want us to feel different. I want it to be uncomfortable. What do you mean when you say you want it to be uncomfortable? Uncomfortable to us or uncomfortable for the customers? Uncomfortable for us. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Because I brought in, you know, some visual merchandisers that I have known for a long time and I know could go on this journey and deliver and said, I don't want us to get stuck in our perfection because at a regular store opening, everything would be perfect, right? It would stay within our box. And this was the time I challenged everybody. This is our opportunity to go outside of the box, to do things differently, not to have other people tell us what we have to do, but for us to say, what should we do and what do we want to do? The thing that really struck me when I showed up the morning of that opening, and you mentioned that word fun, I mean, part of what people might be assuming is exhaustion and being annoyed because there's a time crunch and everything's difficult and it's hard. But I didn't get that sense at all. The energy amongst your team and people in that store was one pride first of all like look at what we've created here and secondly just an energy about wanting to open this thing up and let customers see it did did you sense that too i mean maybe it's always that way when we open new stores it is to a degree 
But was this one a little bit different? Oh, yeah. I think it was really different. I mean, I don't normally cry at a store opening. <laughs> the day did you cry? Opening, I did. <laughs> Partly because I was exhausted. <laughs> um, and then the other part was that I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, all of these things we've always wanted to do for years and years. And there's always been a no to it, you know, for whatever reason. Like, we can't do that because of X. And, and they've not not been good reasons, but it is what has kept us in this perfect box. And I think this opportunity to say, OK, we're going to throw everything out. I think it was, again, the most exciting project. And I've been on a lot of corporate initiative and a lot of projects that we've done. And I've had pride in, in delivering in every single one of them. But this one, I really felt a different type of ownership. And it was super exciting. Yeah. Well, look, it was fun for me to be able to walk through with you and just getting your sense of pride and excitement about what was going on. And I, I just want to tell you that... I think you do a great job. I mean, I've known you a long time, and you, you do great work, and we're really lucky to have you here. And I want to let you know that I appreciate the, the effort that you make on our behalf every day. And it was fun for me to, to see you in action there at that ASOS store and really getting a chance to uh, let her rip and to do more <laughs> of the creative stuff. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate you saying that, actually. Thank you. <laughs> You're <Truly>. welcome. <laughs> All right. So apart from the actual merchandise, what's new for us is some of the additional services that are featured at the store. First, we're going to hear from Ben Phillips, founder of Lot, Stock & Barrel, a super unique tailoring and clothing customization service. Ben's had a really interesting entrepreneurial journey with this company, and we're super excited to be featuring them in the ASOS Nordstrom store. Ben, thank you for being on the podcast. You know, I, I get a chance to get exposed to lots of different people, and I always have a real curiosity about entrepreneurs and people that have started something and are really just at kind of the ground level of doing something interesting in the fashion business. So thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate your time, and uh, definitely it's been an exciting opportunity being part of this. I appreciate it. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you guys do at Lot, Stock & Barrel? And you've been, you've been doing this for a while. I actually was looking online. You, you've been at this for a while. Yeah. So Lot, Stock & Barrel started in 2014 with a singular retail shop in downtown Los Angeles. Our main idea was to kind of peel back that curtain of design and retail so one thing I really wanted to do was focus on allowing the customer to interact with tailoring and customization and really that personalized design experience. A lot of stores have in-house tailors or outsource tailoring. And our idea was to bring those machines right on the sales floor. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about that to me, and you've worked with different iconic brands is that all these brands are willing to let you take their designs and do something with it. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, um, it's one of those things where it's a bit of established trust. <laughs> you know, when you start out something independent, I think you have to have a bit of uh, proof of concept. You know, we would start with one or two projects with a stylist, you know, reworking vintage, reworking denim, creating uh, wardrobe attire, taking a simple letterman jacket, 
and hand embroidering it, you know, for stage attire, for a musician going on tour, styling music videos for specialized denim pieces, you know, and it's, it's the trust and it's, you know, doing one by one by one and then slowly growing. And, and we're thankful for that opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So I'm going to allow you to name drop a little bit here because you talk about working with stylists and presumably for famous musicians or actors. <laughs> stuff. Are there any name drops you give us of the kinds of people you've done design work for? Uh, the most recently is actually Pharrell, uh, Freddie Gibbs, The Game, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Kanye. That's kind of a who's who's list. So like, how did you get your start? So, I mean, you're there trying to do your thing. Was there a moment that there was a break or something in particular happened that kind of put you on the map? You know, it wasn't necessarily a, you know, celebrity or musician or actor or actress. It was actually, you know, doing those small things and then gaining the eyes of like a bigger brand. So one of our first projects was uh, working with Levi's. Yeah, you know, it's cool that you've got all this credibility through these different people that you've worked with over time. And um, and that's really great. But one of the things that really impressed me meeting you is your, just your enthusiasm for what you do and the pride <laughs> that you guys take in it. And, you know, anyone off the street coming into that ASOS Nordstrom store that's looking for an opportunity to uh, customize or personalize something, you bring them right in and I think you make them feel good about the process. You don't make them feel like you're above it. You know, you've, you're like, you're doing it with them. And I think you're allowing people to express themselves and, and kind of increase their confidence. And I maybe you can speak to a little bit, maybe it's just the way you are naturally, but it's compelling. And I think a lot of it is again, just the, your enthusiasm, your attitude about it. Yeah. I, you know what? You have to love what you do. You have to believe in it through the trials and tribulations and, you know, I love my my team as well. You know what I mean? You, you surround yourself with positive, talented people that love what they do and you appreciate their skill set. And every day they're pushing to create something new. And, you know, even going back, you know, being a kid from like the Midwest and not being from a major city or something like that, you know, not growing up neat or even having access to the best design or coolest brands and before the Internet. I would have killed for the chance to, you know, go to a store and create something on my own. You know, I'm buying magazines and man, I would have loved to like wear all these things that like the Clash were wearing or Ramones or like Sex Pistols or all these cool bands. And there was no outlet for me to customize my Levi's. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd go to yeah. a city, maybe I'd like draw on them or something like that. But I don't, you know, there's not a place where I can tailor them the way I want them to fit or embroider a cool logo. You know, it's a little bit of that chip on my shoulder, maybe that I never had those opportunities where, you know, maybe I'm like giving that opportunity to, to someone, you know, I meet people all the time, still young people that are like, oh, that's a great idea. Or I wish I had access to this. And it's something as as simple and romanticized as that. So Ben, I mean, you've had an interesting background and you're a creative kid growing up and you like music and all that stuff, had these influences. And then you somehow got involved with fashion brands. I know you work at Ralph Lauren at Levi's. So how did you take that somewhat traditional path and have it lead to lot, stock and barrel and something that you, you know, bootstrapped up yourself and created on your own? It's, it's definitely a leap of faith. And it's, it's definitely as much as success we've had and as much as we've grown, you know, it's, it's definitely still a leap of faith every day and a lot of hard work. You know, I think I learned more 
being in the zone and in the world and starting at the bottom at those companies, you know, than I did with a traditional college education. But at a certain point, you feel like you kind of get tapped out in the corporate world. You reach a certain level. And um, I just made a decision that there was a lot of kind of slow moving parts that I just wanted to, you know, implement that I truly, truly believed in. And I would like to think that I was ahead of the curve and just bringing out the sewing machines on the floor and dedicating cell space and floor space to this whole like little kind of stage where I kind of elevated my tailors and my embroiderers. And back then I was the only one embroidering, you know, thankfully, thank God we have a larger team now that debuted at one of the big trade shows like back in 2014 and just did a crazy build out, put sewing machines on the trade show floor, which no one had done before. But that's the whole nature of what you do. I mean, you kind of turn it inside out. Again, I really, I, I admire your uh, entrepreneurial spirit and your creativity and your enthusiasm for what you do. So you got ideas about stuff. You've got an audience with us. We'd, we'd love to hear about it. And that, is that a Marshawn Lynch jersey you're wearing there? Is that what you're rocking? Uh, Charles Woodson. <laughs> Charles Woodson. Wasn't Marshawn Lynch 24-2 or was he? Maybe. You know what? Yeah. I collect pure vintage. So I collect all the 80s and 90s champion pieces. Uh. Like I'm a vintage <laughs> nerd. Like I'm very, very specific about what I collect. Okay. All right. Got it. All right, Ben. Thanks so much. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you. All right, let's take a walk over here and see if we can get a little tour of the Lot, Stock, and Barrel installment. Ben! Pete, how's it going, man? I appreciate you uh, willing to talk with me. So, Ben from Lot, Stock, and Barrel, thanks so much for um, talking with us again. So, we're getting a chance now actually to walk through the physical space and what you guys are doing there and how it allows you to create what you're creating. So, talk a little bit about your location, your space, and what's all in there and how it enables what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We have an amazing space right here, like right dead center in the second floor, anchoring the denim location. So we're surrounded by a bunch of like really amazing products that are very easily customizable. Obviously, we've got like a huge assortment of jackets and tops, all of which can easily be like constructed and designed and like kind of the eye of a beholder, like really placing that like design element in the hands of the client. Literally, we actually have both of our tailors right now. This is like actually pretty good, Pete. have both people working on customer orders right now. We actually have Paris working on our vintage chain stitch machine right here as we speak. You just want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, my name is Paris. So I chain stitch for Lotstock. What does that mean, the chain stitcher? So we have a vintage singer machine that I use and you hand crank it. It's like kind of what they did in the olden days. And I just do like monograms. I do like bigger images. It's all embroidery. So what are some of the cooler things you've worked on since you've been working at that ASOS Nordstrom store? I don't know, like people bring in all different kinds of things. They'll have like a logo from their shop. They'll just have like cute little designs that you want to do. It's kind of all over the place. So people will come in and they can be as simple as just a monogram with a name or some people will come in with like a crazy thing and they'll want to get chain stitch on their jeans as well as like get it altered. And I don't know, it's really fun to just see what people come up with and the different processes we have to do to make it come together. Well, thanks for doing what you do. I think it brings a real level of interest and excitement to the store. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. I love working here. It's awesome. Oh, thanks so much. Nice to meet you. All right. Nice to meet you too. 
And we've got Clifford here. He's one of our many magicians here. Hey, Clifford. You should get a little insight into that dude's brain, too. I want to talk to whoever wants to talk to me. How's that? <laughs> Clifford, come say hi. <laughs> hey, Clifford. <laughs> what are you working on actually right now? Because he, I think he's actually taking a customer order in, and I might have missed what he's working on, and I am not going to speak on his behalf. All right. All right, he's going to bring it over here and check it out. We're going right to the source here. That's good. So Clifford, tell us what you're working on right now. Um, so this customer pretty much came in. It was his birthday today, he's going out tonight, so he wanted like a little unique fit. And he bought a pair of jeans here, and he's going to get his birthday embroidered on his thigh. And then right now I'm just distressing his knees. He wanted like holes in his knees. <laughs> so how do you do that? How do you go about putting authentic looking holes in someone's jeans? Uh. Can't tell, I can't tell you the secrets, but uh, a little Is it a trade secret patience. we can't tell anybody? <laughs> yeah. And uh, sandpaper does does wonders. Sandpaper. Yeah. All right. That's great. Well, look, at, I, I appreciate you being able to do this personalization, this customization. is great. We don't, we're not able to do that everywhere. So, you know, we're learning a lot through all this, too. So thank you for doing what you do. Absolutely. Thank you. Alright, now we're going to hear from Jason Mark, the founder of the second really cool and unique service featured at the ASOS store. Another fascinating entrepreneur that's been getting a lot of attention in light of the rising sneakerhead scene. So right now we're going to talk with Jason Mark and your company, your service, I'm gonna let you explain it, but for, <laughs> I, w I can explain it as a kind of a shoe care, shoe cleaning service really intended for sneakers. Yeah, so basically what the service that we provide is, it's the best way to describe it is it's like dry cleaning for sneakers. You can drop off anywhere from a single pair to, I think the running record is like 80 pairs of shoes. What? He, that person's I, got a lot of sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, he, he was, he lugged in a couple of luggages and um, it was just full of sneakers, but basically our sneaker care technicians or SCTs for short will assess every pair of shoes and give you our best recommendation as to, you know, what service to provide. So we have different packages from your basic clean all the way to your like what we call purple label detail. And it just kind of gives like the different levels of deep cleaning, if you will. You know, that's fascinating because if you think about it, you're not following the blueprint of some business that's existed like this before. I mean, if you think about what's happened with sneakers really taken off and you looking at that idea and thinking about how you could create a service for customers, I, I mean, it's new. I've, I've never seen anything quite like it. And I'm just super fascinated how you came up with that idea in the first place. Yeah, I, I've always worn sneakers and I've always wanted to keep them clean. And I was that kid that wouldn't leave the house with a little smidge or anything because it would just bother me the whole day. So I would use a homemade concoction, just very simple, like water, dishwashing soap, a little bit of OxyClean and a toothbrush. And that was my go-to. And one day I was thinking to myself, like I was cleaning my shoes and I was like, why do I always mix this stuff? And I don't go buy XYZ product. The reason was, is because I didn't trust what was out there. Like I have used um, stuff that I bought at the mall and things like that, but um, never really stuck with them because 
I didn't like, like the mall cleaner used to have this plastic cap that had these like really sharp spikes and that was your brush. But you know, if you've got buttery suede or like a nice knit or something like that, that brush is really going to cause some damage to those delicate materials. So I just always found myself using my own thing. And when I had that aha moment, I started going around to like my local sneaker shop. I would go to sneaker lineups, like people, people in line waiting for a sneaker drop. And I just started asking questions like, what do you use to clean your sneakers? And everybody had a remedy, but no one was like, oh, you got to use XYZ product. It was always like, oh, mix this with that and do this. And so that was my second, like, okay, I got something here. So how old were you when you started the business? I was 26. And I was selling care product for sneakers solely, uh, no pun intended. And then um, about eight years in, the idea for service just kind of came organically. At the time, we had this, what we call the JM throne. It was like the shoot cleaning chair that we were shipping all around the world to do these like activations. Like you can jump in the chair, we'll clean your shoes for free. And the service model was born from that because we had such a great response to this traveling chair. And I was thinking, what's next for the brand? And I thought, oh, I'm just going to open a store. And then the service model was introduced right before we opened and it's become the star of the show. So so tell me, how did you build that thing to the point where you you know, here's Jason Mark. It's, this is what I do. And people know about it. Yeah. I think the service model originally, it takes time because people, it's such a new, unique concept and people don't know. I would, I would assume they maybe think it's gimmicky. Like really, do I drop off my shoes? Like, you know, in our original location, um, thank God we have a lot of foot traffic in that area, but we get a lot of looky-loos. Like, what do you do here? Are you selling shoes? Are you, so it's a lot of explaining and educating as to like, no, we actually clean shoes here. And I think the one of the moments that kind of stands out to me is that uh, we had this customer early on drop off a pair of shoes that were absolutely like just covered in blood. In blood. In blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, probably not funny. I do, I, I'm no, sure no, you have no, a no, no questions I mean, no, asked I, uh, policy. I don't know what happened. Well, when they, when he dropped it off, we were really suspect, of course. Like, what are we looking at? Is this evident? Like, what do we <laughs> touch evidence? this? And um, he had explained um, he had a 4th of July accident. I guess he was lighting like an M80 or something. He showed us his hand and it was like all swollen. And he almost he almost blew his hand off. And so he had these shoes and they were covered in blood. And then we, we took before and after pictures and um, it went from the nastiest, like no way to, oh, it looked brand new. And so we, I think when we posted that before and after, I think people kind of got the message like, okay, these guys are really good at what they do. They're not, it's not a gimmick. So how many stores do you have now? Do you still have just the one flagship store or do you have more than that? We have the original one in downtown Los Angeles in the little Tokyo district, one in the Harajuku district of, in Tokyo. And then we have the third in the ASOS Nordstrom space at the Grove. Yeah, it's great. It's really a fun thing to see and then to watch customers engage with it. Because again, to me, it's all kind of new. We've always had Shoe Shine, which is a version of that, obviously. But thinking about sneaker culture and how that's all taken off. I mean, just your point about some guy bringing in 80 sneakers. I mean, that in and of itself tells you a little right. bit about the sneakerhead culture. So 
it's exciting for us to be able to work with you and do something interesting and different like that. And if we can help it all through this podcast or having you in our store there, expose it to more customers, then that's great. We're happy to do that. So I just want to tell you, I, I, I enjoyed meeting you and, and learning more about your business. And I, I just want to wish you all the best. Thank you. Likewise, Pete. I mean, it's, it's really an honor to be in this, you know, shop and shop with Nordstrom. I think your team is the best that I've ever worked with. And um, I just think it's such a perfect fit. So I, I appreciate the opportunity. It's great meeting you. All right, let's let's uh, let's head over here to the Jason Marks section of the store. And uh, let's see if we can chat with one of the sneaker care technicians. Hi, how's it going? It's going great. What's your name? Uh, my name's Diego. Diego. So. I've had a, the pleasure of talking to Jason about what you guys do there. So this is the the sneaker cleaning section that we have there in the store. So tell me a little bit about what you do and kind of what a typical day looks like for you in terms of helping customers with cleaning their shoes. Yeah, for sure. So pretty much the customers come in, uh, they inquire about the dirt or stains that they have on their shoes. And pretty much we tell them if we could be removed, uh, what it'll look like after their expectations, all depending on the materials, you know. And then on the weekends, uh, we offer a $5 complimentary clean where they could sit on the throne and uh, we clean them on feet. So are you personally a collector and all that stuff? Is that how you got into it? You're oh, kind of yeah. a sneakerhead and you're a collector? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I would say collections about like 65, 70 right uh-huh. now. So do you wear them or do you just like keep them in the shelf so uh, they don't no, get dirty? No, I, or you... I definitely wear them. I definitely wear them. Uh, there's 30 days in a month, you know, so I, <laughs> I, I try to wear them, you know, one, one per day. Are you working on anything right now? Anything you can show us or talk about what you're doing right now? Currently, yeah. I just finished cleaning up a certain pair of Air Maxes. Uh, they're going to be just a classic 95. Uh, it was a deep clean, so the customer had gotten the uppers and the midsoles cleaned. I, I wish I could see it before and after because those look really good right now. Did they look pretty dirty yeah. when they came in? Uh, yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, it was definitely uh, the guy had went to a concert, so he was, you know, stepping outside oh, and yeah. doing all that. Okay, you know, I hear you guys have an event coming up tomorrow. So tell me what that event's all about. Uh, yeah, so the event is just pretty much to spread awareness uh, that we are with partnering, obviously, with Nordstrom here and uh, that we're offering our services here. Uh, so we're pretty much having a DJ, and then we are offering drinks and, I think, uh, Trejo's Tacos as well. So can't be mad at some tacos. That sounds pretty good. Hey, thanks so much. It's really nice to meet you. I appreciate what you do and, and what you guys bring to that shopping environment, that store. I think it's great. Yeah, we're, we're happy to be here. Uh, great partnership. And so far, it's nothing but blissfulness. So it's great. That's great. Yeah. Have fun. Hey, Ashley, that was really great. I enjoyed meeting the people. It just kind of gets me all enthused again just to see what's happening there and hear you guys talking about it. I think what impresses me most is everyone seems so sincerely excited about it. There is a lot of excitement, and we're super proud of it. So and we appreciate your support, and thanks for letting us show you around. Well, that's the show. If you're ever in the LA area, I hope this episode has inspired you to go check out the new ASOS Nordstrom store at The Grove. And don't forget to bring all your dirty shoes with you. You won't regret it. We hope you're enjoying the show. To stay current with each new episode, make sure you subscribe to the Nordy Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't keep it to yourself. Take a minute to give us a like, a share, and a review so other people can find this thing too. 
For more information about the show, head to Nordstrom.com slash Nordy Podcast, where you can listen to episodes, see upcoming guests, and learn about how to get involved. Don't forget, we really want to hear about your experience with Nordstrom. So if you've got an interesting story, good or bad, send us an email to NordyPodcast at Nordstrom.com or give us a call and leave a voicemail. The number is 206-594-0526. So don't be shy. Drop us a line and be part of the Nordy Pod. And make sure to tune in next time when we take a special in-depth look into the Nordstrom Internship Program. It's really exciting to think about the future and where my life will take me, but in reality, I'm texting my mom every day saying I'm really worried about what the future of my job holds. I think it's one thing to learn about buying and merchandising in school where it's super hypothetical, but it's obviously a completely different thing to actually put it into practice in the real world. And so I've learned so much over these past couple months, more than I have in a lot of school. But My internship experience has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. Everyone is so welcoming and there's direct lines of communication to pretty much anyone in the organization. I mean, at a lot of other places, I can't just email the president and get a response back in 10 minutes, much less to be speaking to the president on his podcast. This is going to be a real cool one. We've got a lot of young men and women nearing the end of their academic careers, eager to get started with the rest of their lives, and they've chosen Nordstrom to take that first step. What's also great about this opportunity for me is to hear from young people that have a fresh and objective take on what it is that we do. I'm interested in their feedback. I want to know what their experience is like, and I want to know more about what makes this customer tick. Hear all about it next time on The Nordy Pod.